Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. Zebre have a defensive nightmare down under, and Benetton give us the heart attacks we didn't know we wanted when they steal an incredible win in Scotland. Is the away curse over? Are you auditioning for, like, a <laughs> fringe murder mystery? <laughs> Maybe should we just leave that and that can be the opening? It's... Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <sighs> oh. You can start this time. I always start with a stupid freaking... <laughs> like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> so France looked good. <laughs> Why France? Because it's the kind of bullshit he would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great hands. <laughs> Shane Benetton didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> Who were they playing? Coach's notes for this game. Well, for this episode, we asked him to write the agenda so we knew what to talk about. And obviously he's written the right team, Benetton versus Edinburgh. And then he's written Zebra versus someone. Because it's a game that they would rather forget. That's the way to spin it. That's quick thinking. Let's crack on. Benetton versus Edinburgh. 80 minuti in due minuti. And we're off. Edinburgh versus Benetton in Edinburgh. And immediately Benetton make a mistake from the kickoff. And then one and a half minutes in, Van der Merwe crashes over in the middle and scores under the posts. But wait, no, he's fumbled it over the line. No try. But Edinburgh have a penalty advantage and they play, leading to Blair Kinghorn scoring immediately after that on his farewell game before going to Toulouse. It's converted. Edinburgh score again, this time in the wing. But wait, no, it's out. He touched it down on the touchline. No try. Good Benetton defence, but there's a kick to the corner and Edinburgh score again. But this time they miss the conversion. It's 12-0. How many tries and near tries are there going to be? Next up, it's Benetton's turn. Fekatoa scores, but what the hell... They've called it a knock-on. The TMO's called it. He's interrupted it. The ref isn't even going to check it. She decides just to agree with it without even looking at it. It's a terrible call. Ah! Try disallowed. And next up, Edinburgh score. What is going on? But wait, no, it's no try. It's a forward pass. Now, Benetton are under pressure for ages, defending well, and all of a sudden the ball pops loose, and who's it go to? It goes to Ignacio Mendy, who runs the entire length of the pitch to score. Jacob Umanga converts. He then also kicks a penalty for Edinburgh not rolling away. It's 12-10. And then a massive hit by Paolo Adogwu to put someone into touch. It's not important. I'm just mentioning it because it was great. And then there's a missed Fekatoa tackle after he flies up out of the line, which means that Blair Kinghorn scores. First half score, 19-10. Second half. And Benetton have an early penalty. They don't go for the points. They go for the corner, which is a great decision because it makes Zanon power over three defenders to score a try, making up for last week. Jacob Umanga converts. But then Benetton get a yellow card for a collapsing them all, which maybe didn't even go down. But anyway, Spaniolo's off. He was straight on for Gajo, but he's off for 10 minutes. Then Jamie Ritchie does a really tidy turnover and out the back pass. It's not important, but it was sexy. But then he does it again, which is annoying. Then Edinburgh get a penalty try just outside Benetton's 22. That's also annoying. 
Bennett to kick the ball downfield. Umanga strips it in a tackle. Zanon gathers and chips. A mess of a play. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And Zanon gathers it and scores it. That is how you respond to not scoring the week before. Benetton take the lead for the first time when Jacob Umanga converts it. Now, 73 minutes in and Spagnolo's over the ball. Benetton pressure and Rhino goes for a drop goal and misses it. Then there's head on head by the co-captain Snyman. It's a red card, unfortunate, but that's what it is. Benetton get a penalty for Edinburgh obstruction, 78 minutes in. And then another penalty. That's two penalties by Richie in quick succession. They don't go for the corner. They don't go for the kick. They tap. Ah! Edinburgh get a penalty. Then they're playing. The clock's in the red. They go for a drop goal. It cruises wide and Benetton win 22-24. Well, isn't he getting good at okay, this? Okay, we don't always have to, let's, let's not. It's getting really annoying the way you guys are doing that. We just Now we just talk about, talk about the game. Okay, princess. Well, it was a very good game. Oh, just my like, goodness. Yeah. Very good game. What a game. Coach and Eddie watched it before me. I was working, so I got home late and watched it very late. And essentially, I don't want to say you spoiled the game or you spoiled the game, but you definitely had me thinking that the game was going to go horribly, horribly wrong for Benetton. So I was thrilled when they didn't lose and they won because... Everything about both your energy, Eddie, when I came home and Coach's energy on the WhatsApp was that they had been robbed and that it was a really disappointing game. I had a long lunch with my godfather and went to bed and I set an alarm so I could get up and watch Ellie's reaction at the end. But I missed it. She must have fast forwarded through something. I didn't. I didn't at all. Mm. Anyway, bloody drama. Yeah, what a game. The game had it all, didn't it? It did. Had a ton of tries, most of which weren't given. There was the first try, which wasn't given because Van der Merwe knocked it on against the post. That was a minute and a half in. Then Edinburgh actually scored. Then there was a try which was in touch. Yeah. Correct decision. Then there was a try. That was a try. What, Fekatoas? No. There was then that we went to 12 0 first. Yep. It's good again. But then there was another try that Edinburgh scored, which was not given because there was a forward pass. But the forward pass may have been quite a long time before no. having counted the faces. No, it was a forward pass. It Fine. Was. Well, if you're a Benetton fan, you're thinking it's great. If you're an Edinburgh fan, you're saying they went back too far. Yeah. I don't know. I and then there was... But that pales in comparison to Fekatoa's try, which was a bloody try. It was clearly a try. It was cool to be knocked on over the line. The TMO called it and the referee didn't even look at it. I don't know on what planet you can say it's a knock-on. I honestly don't know. Well, the fact is that the the ref didn't go, okay, well, let's have a look at this. Let me check. She was just like, okay, no try. Yeah. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre bit of officiating because he didn't say, you need to have a look at this or do you want to check it? It was just no try. Do you think maybe control. she couldn't check it? There was no screen? I don't know. It was she weird. checked everything else. Everything was checked. Yeah, it but was there, was that, there was that one try that was on the line. And she just walked up, yep, try. <laughs> it's like she's so indecisive in the wrong parts of the game. And then so decisive in others. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah. I mean, for the most part, I thought it was, I mean, the Fekatoa one was ridiculous. And I definitely felt the, um, the sort of 
conspiracy theorist in me going, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And I don't know if either of you old enough or Italian enough to remember the Calciopoli scandal where Italian clubs were paying off referees to give them the games, but it felt like that. And I'm not saying it was at all, but just in my tin hat moment, that's what I thought it might be like. But anyway, the game continued. Yep. <laughs> knock-ons, knock-ons, tries that were forward passes, weren't forward passes. Anyway, the last one was the one that they said was a forward pass. They went back for the scrum penalty advantage and then they knocked the ball on and what a man to be there to pick that ball up. Mendy runs the length of the entire pitch to bring us back in the game. And it couldn't have come at a better moment because the Fagatoa disallowed try really kind of quelled the mood and kept Edinburgh comfortably ahead. And we really needed just a moment of sheer madness and running prowess from Ignacio Mendy. It was beautiful. And I love the Benetton social media stuff where they've got him running up a mountain yeah. across the oceans, through the desert. Beautiful. They used the wrong song for it. There's a song that goes with that kind of thing and they didn't use that. But still great social what media song would content. You have used? I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's one that that style of Benny Hill? No, no, it will come to me. I'm trying to think of this word, not trope. It's not a trope. That style of never mind. Anyway, Mendy sprinting, it was Beautiful to watch because Ben Healy is also no slouch. Right. And they were, they look so relaxed. You know, when you, I'm slow as shit, but I remember sprinting like full of tension. Maybe that's why I was so slow. But both of them were like swans. Well, one... they were like, it was like the same bolt in Beijing. You know, he looked like he was jogging. And I think that was a mistake. I think he was a bit jogging and he could have. And that was his year to smash the world record in a way that no one will ever touch it again. He didn't. He sort of pulled up towards the end of his run. That's a different podcast. <laughs> That's when we do our athletics podcast. Spritz and runs. <laughs> but those two absolutely sprinting, but they look so relaxed. Anyway, Ben Healy was never going to catch him. No. But did a good job of making sure that he couldn't go under the posts. Well, it was just perfect. Perfect, perfect moment to get us back into that game after the Fakatoa knock-on, which just infuriated me and him, because I'm pretty sure he was like, that's outrageous, that was a try, how dare you. But yes, and then Jacob converts, and we're all good back in the game. Well, until... Jacob converts and we're back in the game until, of course, Vandermeer does some beautiful offloading and they go back up. Well, they're already up. This isn't an original thought. Vandermeer is class. <laughs> yeah. This also isn't an original thought. But Jamie Ritchie is also class. And Kinghorn. And King Hall. This Edinburgh side had some real players in it. Some real ballers. And they had a great first half. It wasn't so much that Benetton were messing up. It was just that they were, they came out strong. But they came out so strong. And yeah, Benetton were quite lucky in the beginning that so many of those tries weren't given. But they're not all going to be given. And Van der Merwe scored a minute and a half in. Mm. Fumbled it against the post. But then they scored immediately after. Yeah, You know, they they scored four tries in sort of the first 20 minutes, but, you know, they weren't all given. 
Rightly so, unlike Fekatoa, who was robbed. That makes the Benetton win even more impressive. It does. No, it does. I honestly, watching this game, I came into it with a head of like, well, we're not going to win. We're away from home, as usual. The Scottish teams are great and very solid at home. I wasn't at all expecting the win. And actually, when the score got to kind of 12 nil in the first sort of, what was it, 15 minutes or whatever, it was like, okay, here we are. We're going to, this is going to be a struggle. But they stayed in it. They were never ahead until what? nearly 70 minutes in is the first time they go up but they stayed with them and I want to put a special mention out to Adogru who I think had a brilliant defensive game he was making tackles that you were like well if if he doesn't make a dominant tackle here if he doesn't shut this down they're going in for another one and I thought he was really really on top of his defense which maybe in previous games he hasn't quite clicked into shape with do you want to hear an interesting stat not necessarily about a dog, I agree. And I mentioned him in the 80 minutes and two minutes because one of his hits was massive. There were only three players from last week in the starting 15 who started this week. That shows the Benetton squad because both of them felt a lot like first 15s. Yeah. But there's a massive difference between them. Granted, they got smashed against Glasgow, basically. Smashed yeah. is a strong word. But then did you see the stats about... Glasgow's home record. Yeah, it's insane. Well, that was going to be my point. They didn't get smashed by Glasgow, but they did lose to Glasgow sort of significantly. But I don't put that down. Yes, defensively, they weren't on fire like they have been in the previous games. Glasgow were just, I thought, amazing. Glasgow Warriors, who they lost to last week, that was their 19th regular season win in a row. They've scored 88 points on the table out of a possible 95, they've only lost or given away six points at home and no try bonus points. That's mad stats. So we talk about Minigo being a fortress, but to win 19 regular season games in a row at home and to take from them 88 out of a possible 95 points that means yeah, that's incredible. there's only seven games in the last 19 that they haven't got a four try bonus point yeah no it's it's nuts yeah glasgow are yeah they're they're rightfully up at the top of the table now but benetton aren't far behind benetton weren't even playing glasgow this week yeah it's not about glasgow it's about edinburgh it's about, it's about our boys it is. And so, yeah, so we've mentioned, obviously, like Edinburgh came out strong in the first half. Who came out strong in the second half? I want to know what Bortolami said to them in the second, in the halftime interval. Something inspirational. Certainly worked. What would you have said to them, coach? Make your tackles count. No, you uh, should say that if you're the Zebra coach. We'll talk well, about that. get on to those. <laughs> our, our friends. We'll get on to our friends later. But... Yes. No, I, I, they obviously got some inspiration. So he must have said something probably quite heinous, probably a bit aggressive, but it worked because they came out all guns blazing. And I've got to say, this is probably one of the first major times that I've felt like an, a real, real fan of the no team. Way. I felt very proud of the boys. I thought they did very well, and especially in the last 20. And I got into it in a very tribal way. I was getting very aggressive. I was very heavily invested in the game because I, I just thought, I started to believe early in the half that oh, what, we might pull this off after this horrible first half. This could so, be massive. So what did you think when, obviously, there was the red card, which was a red card, because head-on-head, 
it's I think they need to do something about that. I think maybe an orange card or something for a red that's head on head because I think for me there's a big difference between a shoulder to the head and a head to the head because no one tackles yeah. deliberately to put a cheap shot on with, with their head. own head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think there needs to be a differentiation between that. I agree. You know? But anyway, it was a red card, unfortunate. There's no arguments. But what did you think when they went for the tap at the end? <laughs> As they could so the options were Obviously, they got a penalty about 45 metres out, 50 metres out. It's on a bit of an angle. They could kick to the corner. They could take the points or they could, which I didn't even think was an option from there, (laughs) tap and go. For context, just before we go on to this, obviously the red card happened and then we're like, oh, this is it. This is how they come back. They get a red card, so they've got a penalty. They're going to kick to touch and then they're going to, you know, maul and go over or whatever they were going to do. It was obviously like all the momentum was in their hands and we were very close to the end of the game. But then Edinburgh do a what I would call a Benetton and screw up their line out and we end up getting a penalty pretty much on the halfway line. So yes, let's over to you there. What do you do at that point? What did you think when they decided to tap and go? I... In 70, the 79 minutes and 20 seconds, they decide to tap and go on the halfway line. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it in, in any... I was gobsmacked. I don't know what to say. I was just, I was confused, lost, <laughs> a bit heartbroken because I kind of felt like, oh, we've just lost the game. Yeah. It felt like that, didn't it? It, it did. Because it when you, but then it showed Benetton had good defensive pressure because I've watched it back a few times. So after that, Edinburgh went for a drop goal to try and win it. Once, obviously, the tapping going didn't work, right? Edinburgh get the ball. I actually think they got a penalty. They're playing and they go for a drop goal 40 metres out. So it's not close. Drop goal 40 metres out. They didn't try to get any closer than that. And what I loved was you had all the Benetton players lined up to charge this drop goal down. They knew that they basically cocked this up and they were all desperately hungry to make sure they didn't leave with nothing. And the man, the general in charge of this was Pasquale. (laughs) he's there he's yelling at everyone to charge this down he's pointing he's yelling there's going to be a drop goal he's screaming at people everyone there is a cause there they're all ready to charge this thing down the ball goes back seven of them fly up and he just stands there watching them (laughs) he didn't go (laughs) but he and I, i was like this i like this man he's handsome like me (laughs) <laughs> and he's a leader like me well in another timeline that drop goal would have gone over and we'd be miserable that's and it no that's livid. it well so this is the point i want to know who and why they made the decision when they had a penalty on the halfway line to tap and go like i want a statement i want to yeah at, at a podium give me a press release give me yeah who what because because, I mean, on what on what planet are they sitting around going like, right, guys, let's discuss like possible tactics. What might happen in this eventuality? Right, guys, we get a penalty. We're up two points. We get a penalty on our halfway line. What do we think we should go for in these situations? Oh, I would love Have to sit go. in. I would love to sit in on that Monday morning meeting. <laughs> and then they're sitting there going, oh, why did you give that pass that half a second too soon or too late? And then what do they say at the 79th? Why? Why did you make this stupid decision? We're talking millimetres here and you just throw the game away. Well, they could say that they were missing a chunky second row. 
So scrumming wasn't an option. Maybe he's in charge of the line out as well. So the line out could be dodgy. Fine, but you... and it wasn't it wasn't close enough for Jacob or whoever to to kick and guarantee it was going to go dead. But he could have kicked it to touch. To be honest, that's he my could, yes. He could have pretended to slice it. I'm not sure you're allowed to do that. But also, even if he kicks it really long and it doesn't go dead, he either gets the kick, in which case they win and they get three. Uh, you know, they take three points on the penalty. He misses it, doesn't go dead. As long as they're all charging up, Edinburgh are then attacking from their own dead ball area. You're, you've got an advantage there. Yeah. How many times have we seen Benetton try and stick the ball under their shirts yeah. in the last year, two years? And every single time, without fail, yeah. it's gone wrong. They give away a penalty. It's, I, I just, that was it. When they tapped and go, tapped and go, tapped and went. Can you say that? Eddie was obviously asleep. I was sat here and I was aware that he was asleep, but I was screaming. I was literally screaming. In fact, but it woke me up because my alarm, I said, (laughs) was mistimed. So I did get up. I got up just in time to see her walking out of the room, shell shocked. Shell shocked (laughs) is the word. The notes I made were 79 minutes, 20 seconds. Fucking tap and go, Benetton. Jesus. 79, 50 seconds. Oh my Jesus, they've turned it over. Now they have a penalty. The charge down. Jesus. That's all I was writing. Well, That's all I was writing. Eddie and I were in a private chat at the time. And I don't know if it would come through on the mic, but this is what he said. What the f were they thinking? Why would you fucking tap halfway down the pitch? You're allowed one minute to take a fucking penalty. They could have just sucked all the f***ing time up and kicked it dead. He could have f***ing kicked it over the f***ing touchline. Why would they do that? I mean, thank God he missed that f***ing drop goal at the end, but what the f***? It was kamikaze. It was It was nuts. Nuts. I couldn't believe my eyes. We need a statement. Um, who do we statement. Who do we write to for this statement? Just want some clarity. Because I think Lamaro had been subbed off at that point. So, And Snyman, who's the co-captain as well, had obviously got a red card. So someone who's not in charge made that call. And they're not doing it. Razzy Erasmus with lights in the stands. (laughs) Certainly not. Because it would be a big fuck off red light, wouldn't it? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Stop thinking. Stop doing. (laughs) Are you insane? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) It's red. (laughs) You know know how Benetton show us like that in the... The footage of like the coaches up in their box. I want. I would love to see the footage of them when they see the tap and go. Oh, oh that would be fantastic footage. <laughs> fantastic footage. Someone's got it. <laughs> There's cameras on. They're on all the time. I want to see that. Yeah, someone must have it. But from that, they still went on to to win it. There we go. Yeah. The but fa- you're right. If that top goal goes over. This is entirely different. There's no yeah. laughing in this. No, time. and that's and, and and but then why did they kick it from so far out? Was that arrogance from Healy that he thought he just could easily do that? Well, no they did say that was his specialty. Yeah, but it's still quite far out. I mean, I would still mm. want it closer. I I wouldn't want, and I think I'm saying this is in. I've never kicked a drop goal in my life, but I think most they don't want to be thinking about the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like Rhino Smith when he often pulls them out of the bag. No one knows they're coming, you know, and, that, and that's what makes him so good. He just sort of, he's got time. He sees he's got time and he plucks them out. So he can do that from, you know, the halfway line. 
Everyone knew this drop goal was coming. He was under huge pressure. So one thing he doesn't want to have to think about is having to get connect with it so cleanly that it travels that yeah. distance because his kick didn't make the distance. No, it did, didn't it? I thought it did. I, I thought the it distance gone wasn't over. the issue. I don't think it would have gone over. I think it landed just to the know. right of the posts. I don't know. No, but obviously a few more phases. I don't know why they had time to do it. I guess they were maybe a bit they of thought the same thing, right? Like, oh, if yeah. we keep recycling it, we might run the risk of getting turned over. So let's just go for it. And he was reliable enough. Obviously, it didn't work this time. But well, yeah. he calls it. the The kicker calls it. No, you don't shove the ball on him and expect him to do no. it. He's got a call that he says now. Yeah. Mm. But that's it. Benetton, obviously, were very happy. They get an away win, which is massive. Second away win of the season. In fact, they've only lost away once, and that was to Glasgow. And as you just said, everyone's lost at Glasgow. Yeah. Yes. So huge. However, it was kind of they stole the win as opposed to Edinburgh lost the game. Yeah, they did. Edinburgh lost the game. But that's so cool because that's the opposite. And if you remember, last year, was it last year? You know, Marin... Leonardo Marin, he stole the wins at Manigo against Edinburgh Glasgow mm-hmm. with last second kicks. So, you know, there's all sorts of beautiful oh, symmetry stuff going on here. Do you think they were trying to do that back? Is that the plan? That Maybe that was how they I don't think it. they were thinking about that. I think they were trying to win the game. <laughs> well, what were Benetton doing when they decided to tap and go? I thought they, they were trying to look after the ball, but it... As soon as you do that, you're signalling to the other team that you're not playing rugby anymore. Yes! And as soon as you signal to them that you have no attacking intention, they just know that they've got to try and get the ball. And, you know, they they, they could do it. But also what was annoying for me is that Benetton had scored three tries, and just before that, Benetton were attacking, and I thought, wow, they're going to go the distance here. They're going to get the four-try win. And Alex Ferguson was right. You know, he knows the thing about football. Probably put it in rugby. Best form of defence is attack. Get the territory if they kick that into the corner and they're looking for their fourth try while they're looking for their fourth try i tell you what edinburgh aren't thinking of and that is at that point edinburgh would just be thinking about not losing their losing bonus yeah point. no you're right yes you're so, so they're, right. they're mentally changed and that's the opposite of what they did they yeah. kept edinburgh looking for a win yeah. as opposed to stopping edinburgh shutting up shop, taking their point, going home. How do we find out who made that call? Because I really want that statement. I, I don't know how. We could watch it's it tweeting. again. But the thing is that via play doesn't show you the whole match, does it? It's really annoying. Yeah, and on the highlights, they haven't even got the tackle that was a no. red card. They haven't got the yellow card. Yeah. And that, oh, that's another thing to add as well. Let's not forget that Benetton played 10 minutes with 14 men. Plus the two minutes of the red card. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that yellow card was very, very quick to grab that card, I thought. Outrageous. But Spagnolo, who got himself that yellow card, had only come on like 30 seconds beforehand. However, he did get a superb turnover later on, retribution, getting that turnover in the 73rd minute. Another person who came back and who needs special mention in terms of retribution was... Zanon. Marco Zanon. Oh, my God. We complained about him dropping that ball over the line that was a certain try last weekend against Glasgow. This man, fire, fire this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's how you come back. When we talk about the three players, only three players keeping their starting position from last week, that's a coach saying, you know what you can do. We know what you can do. Go out and do it. Yeah. 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 Because, I've, as I said last week, I watched that over and over again. I don't know how he didn't score it particularly because it's him. And then this week, he was his first try, he knocked over three players. Yeah. 
And his second try was also orchestrated by him because he does the, the chip through. Yeah, and then also he ploughs over that. So brilliant. Superb. He needs to fight for an Italian spot. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but no, if he continues with this season playing like that, he, he could be in that. And again, actually, special mention, because we talk about Benetton centres, we've got a superb double centre there with um, Menoncello and Breck. But it, he's there. He's there and he's on fire. And Fakatera is proving himself as well. Um, proving himself. He's won a World Cup. He doesn't need you to say he's proving <laughs> himself. One final person that and I think... And he's hard to please. Yeah, one final person. <laughs> yeah. well, I am, actually. I'm, I'm always you know. a bit sus when we get these people over and I'm like, oh, do we need another centre? Oh, do we need another I'm often off? quite sus and I think some of them from the outside look like they don't fit in particularly. Yes. I haven't got any of those vibes from him. No. I think Fekatoa looks like to Treviso born. Yeah, he You know, does. he just completely is there. He's like, it's like he's been there forever. I also think as Italians, we, we're we quite a proud nation. I don't know if you've followed that over the many years that you've been coming out to on trips. But um, so we're always a little bit like, oh, if anyone complains about things in Italy, it's like, no, you're not allowed to complain about things in Italy. Only Italians are allowed to complain. And he's constantly posting about what a great place Italy is and how much fun he's having. So he gets, you know, all the love, honorary citizenship. We'll throw throw it all to him. Give him the keys. Give him the keys to Treviso. He also gave an interview where he said that Benetton's one of the bigger clubs in Europe. He did. I, I think he's loving it and great. I'm so pleased and I'm so pleased that he's fitting in and proving himself. But yes, let me mention the other person that I think is proving themselves. And I was, again, a little bit sus about them. I thought... Andy Uren had a great game, a really solid, in-control game. Um, yeah, well done him. I think Uren's done a great job. It's almost like Duvenaga never stopped, well, he hasn't stopped playing. You know what I mean? Uren has just come in and taken that role, and it's just seamless. However, they're not scoring many tries. They're not. But they scored three tries this week, and I think they could have scored four if they plucked up the courage to go deep. But there you are. Speaking of not scoring four tries, shall we... Move on. Yes. Benetton, second win on the road. It's great. They're in great shape. They've got Ospreys at home next week. And I don't think even Squidge would be thinking that Ospreys are looking at that as a win. But this is sport and these things happen. So it's not a given. But But I think it might be the first time all bloody season that the BKTURC win predictor predicts Benetton a bloody win. Well, hang on. The URC win predictor predicted Benetton to beat the Stormers, which just seemed nuts. That URC predictor is like a mess. Yeah, it predicted Benetton to win by one. Benetton did beat the Stormers. I know, but it predicted that, which of all the games to predict a win, the Stormers shouldn't be the ones that you're predicting again, a win they're not very good on the road. But yes, uh, I think Benetton needs to target five there. Of course. Benetton haven't got a four-try bonus point this season yet. Yeah. And that used to be... They used to get a lot of those. Yeah. No, it's still, I think, waiting to really click into gear in terms of their attack this season. And some of their, like, sort of banging star players in the backs haven't quite found that rhythm yet. And when I say that, I sort of mean Rhino because we know he's brilliant and it still hasn't quite clicked into gear. Um, I say that with love. I say that with complete love because I know how great he can be. No, we say that thinking that Rhino is one of the best players, not just at Benetton. He's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. In my opinion, Rhino should be a springbok. If they picked him, 
I would not be surprised at all. And so, no. yes, it's, well, it's, it's a bit meh that, you know. Well, he's think... still got that drop goal, though, which was Rhino. Oh, no, that was superb. But well, that's kind yeah. of, that's what he's, that's his solo moment of sort of fame of, of the last six And he has games. been targeted a lot. Yeah, yeah, he'll bring it. Player. He'll bring it on a big occasion and he'll blow us all away. It's coming. And once it comes, that click, it will just fall into place. Well, I think this is a bit of a new dynamic, isn't it? Because they're away. Now they're going to the Ospreys. Um, no, the Ospreys feeling... are coming to us. Oh, are they? Who are we pick? Oh, no, but I see why a coach is confused. No, it's, no. Not, it's, not, it's not a stupid thing to say because they play the Ospreys two weeks, two games in a row. The Ospreys go to Benetton for the URC. BKT URC. If you need tractor tires, go to BKT. <laughs> Big rubber baby. Um, bloody love those guys. Love you at the BKT. If you listen, I love you. At home in the BKT URC. And then they have Ospreys away seven days later. No way. In the Challenge Cup. Wow. Oh, in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, but what I mean is that I'm slowly becoming more confident that they can win away. Oh, um, yes. Win yes. well. So... Like I said, it's adding a new dynamic to yeah. fandom for me. No, um, you're right. Like and said, actually, maybe yeah. it's time for us to go follow them to another away game because the last time we went was to watch them a year ago against Glasgow and that was one of the most depressing games we've ever been to. So let's go watch them win away. Well, the best team in Wales at the minute is Cardiff. They're performing the best. Benetton beat Cardiff away already this season and Cardiff just beat the Stormers in Cardiff. So Cardiff at home pretty decent. Benetton have already beaten them. So you'd think Benetton could beat Ospreys away and you'd think Benetton could beat Dragons away and Scarlets for the casual rugby fan sounds like a big name and they've got great history and they will be great again no doubt. But Scarlets have had the worst beginning of a season ever. Not just for them, they've had the worst beginning of the season in Celtic rugby history when i say that i mean the pro 12 the pro 14 and the bkt urc wow. no team has ever started as badly as the scarlets have started this season in terms of their margins their average score okay so they've won a game this season zebra last season didn't win any but points wise and how much they concede it's the worst ever Wow. Feels like we're back to slagging off Welsh rugby and the Welsh in general. But we're not. This is fact. We're stating fact. No, and I also wouldn't hold Scarlets down for any period of time. And now it's good to play them when they're down because they won't be down for long, I'm sure. Anyway, we should plan our next away game because I think that was sort of the point we mentioned in the intro. Is Benetton's losing streak, the curse of the away game, broken? And from the interviews with a lot of players post this game, they all said... We're just, our mentality is a year away from where it was a year ago, literally. We're now in it to win it, win the away games. And last year, it was a bit of a weird curse, psychological curse. Psychology is free. It is free. What happened to Zebra then? <laughs> Zebra, Palmer. My thoughts on this. So for those of you that don't know, Zebra Palmer got a fairly big licking from the Lions, 61 points to 19. However, they weren't the only team down south to get a bit of a licking. Connacht lost 53-27 to the Bulls, and the Dragons lost 69-14 to 
the Hollywood Bets Sharks. So all Northern Hemisphere sides took an absolute battering in South Africa. I think a reason for this, and we'll talk about Zebra specifically, but I think a reason for this is how do you go from playing winter rugby in the Northern Hemisphere? That's what you're training. That's what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you go down there and you're in South African summer, you're in safari summer, and you've got five days or whatever it is to prepare before playing one of the best clubs in South Africa. The difference, I, it's, I think it's easier to go hot to cold than it is to go cold to hot. So some of you playing in sort of like 35 degrees mm. when you've been training in seven degrees. It's a really difficult ask. Yeah, but I will play devil's advocate and say it was the tackling that let them down. One hundred percent, it was. And and I, I yeah. and Bernie, and I, they did score some good tries, really good tries. But yeah, I, and... I, I, I would think it would be the other way around, and their attack would be really, really good, and the defence. No, I would say that the, the for it to be a winter problem, it would be mean that the, the defence was really good, and their attack would be poor because they're not used to space. Because it's cold and you can't pass as far. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, Eddie felt I don't, like I don't know. he was expecting them to come away with a four try bonus point. Um, and it was a shame that they couldn't come away with even just the one point. I was expecting them to get that four try bonus point because there was the space. The pitch looked massive. There was real opportunities. And they had their opportunities there to get the fourth try. And unfortunately, I let those, those tries go because it was quite clear sort of within 25 minutes that they weren't going to win this game. That, that what, however many points the Lions scored didn't matter anymore. It was academic. You're not getting within seven points, really. You're not going to win the game. Yeah. But what you can do is score four tries. Which is what we said, that they needed to think of these South African games not so much in the sort of spirit of winning them, but to get what you can from each game. And to get what you can essentially is either come within seven or try and get a four-try bonus point. There was a point, actually, where they were looking like they were coming back into it at the beginning of the second half, but then obviously conceded immediately yeah. after that, and then it was good. I mean, you can't get, let nine tries in and expect to come within seven points, let alone no. win a game. They missed 32 tackles. It felt like a 1,000, so 32 almost feels generous. You know, it feels kinder than it felt. And the Lions had 13 clean breaks which almost all turned into tries yeah. because the weather's great. These guys are quick. They're athletic. I was actually really impressed with the Lions. I thought one through 15, they all ran like proper athletes. They were all really, they found space. They weren't just charging into contact. They're all taking a weak shoulder and going for it, whether you're a prop or a fullback. Yeah. And it's just, you know, what are you going to do? There you are. I think there's not much to say about it. Jesse scored a couple of tries. Can't stop him scoring. Mm. Tackles were non-existent yeah. at points. But again, it's a different kind of defence, isn't it? Because when you're playing up north in the cold, your defence is, you know, you're set a bit more like a rock. In that those conditions, slippery, sweaty conditions on that ground, it was like sevens. Yeah, The rugby was like sevens at points and they haven't been training for that. That's not what they've been doing. So well, my not for the rest of the season, yeah. the last week. So my question is, because Coach, you mentioned this, the stadium was basically empty. And Eddie, you've mentioned that all of the teams that went to South Africa this weekend didn't just lose. They lost by 
big, big margins. And equally, we've all noticed that when the South Africans come up north, they tend to underperform pretty regularly. So it just sort of feels like, is the URC the place for them? We love the URC, the BKT URC, and yes, it's the place for them. But yeah, it's an interesting point. We'll have to see how it continues. Sure, for the best teams, and some people might say, oh, well, they're just, you know, really good. Great. And so Munster can go down there and Leinster can go down there and they can give these guys a game. Ulster on a great day could go down there. Benetton on a great day. Let's put them in for great company. <laughs> Glasgow. But you know what I mean? But, but for the majority of the teams in the BKTURC, they go down to South Africa for a spanking. Yeah. And what's, what I've said, and I keep championing this, is that the great thing about the URC is that you don't need to be watching Munster versus Leinster to enjoy a great game of rugby. You can watch Zebra versus Cardiff or like whoever. And most of the time, like these teams, even if the scores are, are smaller or the attack isn't as, as perfect as a Leinster, the games are exciting because they're evenly weighted. But going down to South Africa and getting like a 60-20 spanking or like, you know, a 50-point gap. I don't, and especially when the stadiums are empty as well. It just feels like, mm, who's winning from this? Well, it's I thought there was a lockdown. I thought there was a lockdown in South Africa. I was like, where the fuck is everyone? There's no one there. Is they it that the stadiums are too big? Underneath. They were cunningly underneath you know, the top row to get the shade. Oh. Well, the stadium was like an 80,000-seat stadium, so you can hide a lot of people in that. And also, some of the stadiums are great. One of them has got a kids' play area. Yeah, one of them's got a pool. Yeah, so they've got some cool stuff. But also, none of the South African sides, I don't think, have won away from home so far this season. No And they haven't been spankings. They've been quite close. But no one's... They're not winning. So they win by a lot at home and they lose by a little bit on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it just feels very different to any of the other kind of Northern Hemisphere versus other Northern Hemisphere teams in this championship. Um, I just think the weather difference is too much. I don't think it's travel. I just think it's, these are sports people who are conditioned and suddenly all that conditioning has to change for a week. Yeah. You know, that's why when when England go down for a summer series, they go down well in advance. Yeah. you're, you're sunny down there in 35 degrees at altitude. Yeah. Like, that's not, you've only, that takes time. Well, you train in, like any of these World Cups or whatever, you get the teams going to wherever the yeah. World Cup is to train for months in advance. Altitude alone yeah. changes everything, let alone altitude and a completely different climate. I do think, and travel, because it's not around the corner. Yeah, but and it is every they're week. not playing the next day. Fine, but they are playing like week in, week out. But anyway. Yeah, there we are. So Zebra have got a tough one coming up next week against the Stormers. Again, hopefully mm. they can take a four-try bonus point. After that, they've got the Challenge Cup where they're at home against the Cheetahs. I think they can win that. So that could be three games in a row where they're undefeated at home. And then after that, it's Derby time where Benetton travel to Palmer. So it's going to be a cracker. Exciting. But I did enjoy at the beginning of this game, the commentators were like, Zebra on the best form they've had since 2018, back to back without a loss. I was like, that's incredible. So come on, Zebra. Obviously, you lost this game. That's fine. They just need to keep getting bonus points and winning the odd game here and there. And they're going to come out of this season looking miles ahead. Yeah. 
They're getting better all the time. It's showing. This was a bridge too far. It's tough, but going down South Africa is tough for absolutely everybody. everyone. As we said, you know, Connacht went down and got a spanking. Yeah. They're a decent side. Dragons, similar kind of standard, I think, to Zebra. They went down and they got spanked by a very similar margin. And so. that's it. I don't know. I just, I don't see who wants to watch in any game, whether you're a fan of that team or not, like a 60 point spanking is just. I don't know. It's not fun rugby. But we still love the BKT URC. Get your tyres from BKT. We really should get paid. What made Coach Mad this week? Well. He always starts with, well. <laughs> yeah. That's a tick, isn't it? Um, I didn't like the TMO. At the Benetton Edinburgh game, fair enough. And we could just end it there, to be honest. But I felt that he sounded like a dirty caller. He was heavy, heavily breathing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you mean microphone. like? <laughs> I thought you meant dirty caller, as in like he was given dodgy calls. No, no, no you mean no. Right. But there was always a rustle before he spoke. Like, like I'm just oh. um. <laughs> Yeah, it was a forward. It was a forward. That's all. Whatever the fuck. What? What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> and if you go back and watch, like it's always there's always a fumble. He's it's like he's holding the phone with you know one hand. If you know what I mean. Oh my and, god! Uh, I just it just disturbed me. Honestly, if you go back and listen to it, right weird. I'm gonna see if I can edit in some footage of that. That would be funny. Because it is. Like, yeah, I noticed it. I was like, what's he doing? Is he, where is he? Is he in a phone <laughs> box? It was like a, like a telephone. Like, hello? Hello? <laughs> One second. Like, you caught him at a bad time. Like, you're watching the game. Right? <laughs> Just like you. If he touches the bees of the yeah, post, there'd be a try. Just but... it back on screen. No, no try. Yeah, I mean, that pass is forward. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to wait till you're back on screen. Okay. I mean, the pass was forward by number 15 blue. Okay. But then he was happy to make some pretty big calls that were totally inaccurate. Yeah, he's not even watching it, which makes me think he's up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? Then I wasn't watching. Watch but it was a knock-on. I was watching something else. Right, well, that's it. Rigoni scored a nice try for the women. Mm. So, again, similar to Mendy's, almost. Yeah. And... I wonder what she's thinking of Manchester. Very different to... Uh... Was she in Italy last year? Very different. Maury's getting a lot of time in the top 14. Good for him. At 12, which is good. He's a natural 12, crashing it up. So, yeah, all's well. And, guys, totally irrelevant to anything Italian-related, but um, Owen Farrell's taking some time out. For mental health reasons. How do you both feel about that? I think he gets a, a lot of stick, which he doesn't need to get. I'm not his biggest fan. He tackles high, but I think he bears a lot of the brunt of people hating the RFU. They take it out on him. It's not his fault the coaches are boring. It's not yeah. his fault the coaches don't know how to attack because England are a crap at attack whether he's playing or not. It's not his fault that the RFU go to hearings with lawyers. He doesn't choose a defence. He just gets told what's happening. But all of this is taken out on him. 
yes, he tackles high. But have you ever heard of a player that's ever played with him has said anything other than we love Owen Farrell? It's true. They do the all England, love him. England love him. Saracens love him. The Lions love him. doesn't matter if they're from England, Ireland, Scotland, wherever. Everybody bloody loves him. I think he gets a hard time. I understand him trying to chill out. So there we go. I mean, I just, I, I think we won't discuss this at length because it's not really relevant to what we do. But things must have got to a point where he really needs to take some time off. Because imagine, like, it's your career and it's surely the thing that you love. Well, and having to make that decision to go, like, I'm not going to play in the Six Nations. Well, stuff got personal. I think, actually, the pundits and people didn't help because they said it was getting personal, I think, before it was getting personal. The ban before the World Cup. Mm. But then post that, I think it did get personal and the whole thing was like a, a snowball we we know that the referees get a really hard time and police sometimes just to be called and you know then they're, they're not as well in all due respect not as big as some of our top players like Owen Farrell so imagine the sort of stuff he gets yeah his way online I bet it's pretty bad probably globally as well yeah you're right yeah. because it's not just England players England fans yeah. that hate him I mean it's everyone thinks he's a bit of a well yeah I'm not his fan and I have no feelings towards the English rugby team I mean I think they play terribly boring rugby but yeah I would yeah. probably put him down as part of that and at the end of the day he's just a rugby player yeah hey I mean, he just plays rugby doesn't deserve no actual like visceral hatred yeah. towards him yeah plays the same game that everyone played as a kid I actually remember I have a friend who went to school with him, who was one of the best players I'd ever played with, went on to play sevens for Scotland. Him telling me when he was 16 and Owen Farrell was 14, saying, there's this guy, he's Andy Farrell's son, he's going to be massive when he's older. And, you know, he wasn't wrong. Owen Farrell is now the all-time leading point scorer for England. Mad that that's the case. But that is the case, you know. And, you know, he was captain of England when England won 18 games in a row. The yeah. longest run ever in... Oh, then has just been recently beaten. Do I sound like an idiot? No, it wasn't. It was almost beaten, but it wasn't beaten. So, you know, he's done great things. If he's made this call, he's not... Well, that's why I think it's a little bit sad. I was, I was going to say he's not soft. There's nothing soft about it. You know, mental health. But um, it's sad it's come to that. But he'll be back. And it will give maybe an option for Marcus Smith to actually come into his own and and know that he's not going to be given the hook. But then, you know, Ford will still be there fighting him for that position. Who knows? There we are. There we are. Right. Well, guys, it's been fun. I will see you all next week. Some fun games to look forward to. Like and subscribe. Check out all our content on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please do follow us on Instagram. Check out our TikTok, but that's basically the same stuff we put on Instagram. Don't say that. Follow the TikTok as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twitter, <laughs> like, follow all of it. Tell everyone you've ever met to like, follow all of it. And see you after Benetton win again and Zebre show some class against the Stormers. It's going to be good. Right. Ciao. Ciao a tutti. Ciao.